Oh, we're live. Yeah, now we're live. <laughs> hey, everybody. Welcome to the Growing of Fishes podcast, 187. Uh, this week, we have uh, fish shit on our, on our show. Thanks a lot for joining us. Hey, Steve. Thanks, yeah, for, having right, thanks for having us. Sorry about the echo there. <laughs> I always forget <laughs> to turn that off. Um, uh, they're uh, awesome growers from the East Coast. Uh, they've been doing it quite a long time, both aquaponics and uh, soil, using the uh, awesomeness of, of aquaculture uh, byproduct. So, yeah, it's going to be a really good episode. Although we've had these guys have been quite requested by quite a few people, and um, we're going to have a really good time. We were kind of having a good time getting to know each other before the show. And uh, sorry for the the strange time, but uh, we thought we'd try to get it on here uh, when we could. So, thanks for joining us. Thanks for having us, man. Super excited to be here. Uh, uh, glad uh, glad to uh, be chatting with you today. So we have uh, Tom and Dave. So, um, oh, anyway, so tell us Dave, about yeah, fire away. <laughs> so tell tell us about your your company and what you guys do. All right, so I'll give uh, I'll give us, I'll give you the brief rundown. So about uh, I don't know, David and I met through a mutual friend uh, probably about, uh, I don't know, about 10 or 12 years ago. Uh, one of David's former students, David was a, uh, a uh, high school uh, biology and chemistry teacher, one of my best friends who had muscular dystrophy, uh, who I ultimately got my, my license to cultivate for in Rhode Island back in 2007. David was, his, uh, David was his high school chemistry and biology teacher. We all came together through our love of uh, uh, Comic-Con and, uh, and uh, horror conventions. And uh, when Kyle passed away, David approached me. He had a aquaponics thing going and uh, you know, wanted to get into cannabis, kind of teed me up one day. And uh, he, uh, as you said, alluded to, uh, was using the wonders of aquaponics in his uh, his grow in a greenhouse in the ground, and you know I came in one day and uh, he had a row of plants this tall and a row of plants this tall, and at that time I had probably about a decade of indoor growing experience, and I said, "Geez, Dave, what gives?" He said, "Well, I'll tell you, <laughs> I'm using what we called then was you know we didn't really have a name, but he said I call it fish shit." <laughs> I said, "Well, oh, Dave, no, that's, I, I, that's fish, a... shit. fish shit was named in in 2014." Yeah, so that's right. that's they had a name before it, I had it. Um, yeah. at, at that <laughs> yeah. time. So he came up, but yeah. So go ahead, keep going. Sorry. No, yeah. So I, I, before this, you know, the long story short, I had been cultivating for a while. I had built a bunch of relationships with different uh, uh, hydroponic stores around Rhode Island and Southern Mass, um, you know, because I was building rooms, helping people build rooms early on. And uh, uh, when the time came to launch the product, we, we, we took the product to those folks and, um, you know, our ratios are off. We were almost direct, direct application at that point. And we, you know, we went through a number of revisions and uh, now, you know, as you see the, you know, the product on the shelf now, as it sits, uh, you know, we're delivering that, the, the wonder of aquaponics to folks for their potted, potted plants and raised beds and, you know, no-till and all of that. So it's been a pretty wild journey. So tell us more about the product, what, you know, what's in it and how, you know, how did you guys, um, uh, come up with it as far as a, a sellable product. Dave, you want to uh, you want to go from there? Yeah, yeah, sure. So um, in the yeah in the in the early days, it was it was mostly uh, you know direct uh, you know right into the right into the plants from the tank system, more like an aquaponic system. I wasn't doing the uh, I, I was doing lettuce as true aquaponics. The cannabis was grown uh, in the dirt, um, but. Uh, as as Tom and I started working together, we began to you know develop it a little bit better, make it more marketable, 
Um, and uh, I mean, it's really, it's our, it's our composted fish manure. Um, and, uh, you know, I, re I really don't talk about, you know, what, what you know, all the ingredients, you know, that we put into it, you know, it's more pri proprietary right now. Sure. Um, but, uh, you know, it's, it's, uh, it's got to do with, you know, what we feed the fish and, you know, how I've set up my, uh, my biofilters in terms of, you know, collecting and, you know, the organisms that are there. Um, but yeah, it's, it's, uh, you know, and it, 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 it's been, it's still developing, you know, I mean, we're, we're still, you know, we've only been really going at this, uh, you know, on the market for what, three, this is our third year. Three years, yeah. You know, I, you know, I think, uh, I think every, every day is a new experience for us is, you know, uh, you know, I think I fashion us or we fashion ourselves as a company is probably the most robust beneficial bacteria out there. And as you know, Steve, uh, there's a wide variety, thousands of different species of beneficial bacteria in there. So it's a, it's a growing experience for us, no pun intended. Each day we mm. find a new use or, you know, early on, you know, we thought that, you know, it was, wow, this, this product's really great, helps vigorous vegetative growth. And, you know, we realized that later on as we did testing and, you know, we, 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 we grew side by sides with different labs and, and uh, cultivation facilities around the country. Um, that wow, like you know, we we add more than just you know that 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 boost to to the veg state. You know, we noticed early on that you know overall weight is increased at the end. Um, overall terpenes and cannabinoids is has increased dramatically from you know the the, the basement grower right up onto the the true cultivation facility that's super dialed in. Um, and and I think that's uh, uh, that's all due to the robust nature. Everything we do is, mm. is made in a greenhouse. Obviously, you know that, right? The, 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 the blend of different uh, organic inputs that we give the, give the fish uh, is, a, is a direct result of, you know, the, the quality of product that, uh, that we're getting at the end. And, you know, mm. it's kind of it's odd for us. Like David said, we've only been at this three years and, you know, we have kind of a, a weird sort of cult-like following. And, and I think that's only because the product works so well. You know, we didn't really realize uh, what yeah, I, don't had, think, I don't think we, we realized it. how good it was going to work. You yeah, know, just, you know, really, just had, well, all of a sudden we were like global. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, I people mean, was, really like this shit, no pun intended. Yeah, yeah. You know, and, and you know, when we when we started getting the results and and the uh, in in the reorders, you know, when when the when the professional facilities that really knew what the fuck they were doing, you know, when they started, yeah. oh, is that? Can we do that or not? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> um, you know, once we, you know, once they started coming back for more fish shit, it, you know, and and it, it, you know, we knew we had something there. And you know, when they when they noticed, you know, the increased results on, on top of what they were already doing, and some of that, you know, as you know, when you're using something from a from a natural system, you're getting those organisms that that are they're, they're almost unknown because they're, they're not culturable so they're not they're not really cataloged and um you know so i think that we're we're hitting we're, we're hitting uh, a lot of uh you know uh uh processes in in you know into you know in the soil that are not able that are not really measured yet um so i think that's that's you know, that's, 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 a, that's a great the, point dave you know, I, as far as, you know, microbiology and soil, like Steve, what are, what are your thoughts on that? I mean, as far as where, where we came mm -hmm. from being a, you know, just being a grower and everybody I've spoken to along the way, a lot of the, the microbiology of soil is pretty much uncharted territory at this point. 
Well, there, there's quite a bit of documentation in soil, but there's there's a lot of not a lot on individual species, but there's next to nothing in terms of um, documentation for mineralization and aquatic microbes as far as mm -hmm. terrestrial plants go, right. as far as what is making interacting in the same ways that mycorrhizal do. You know, some crops prefer to have a little bit of mycorrhizal uh, with the aquatic ones, how to work those in combos, um, uh, which we do all with, with the dual root zones and, and, and stuff like that. But mm -hmm. um, with the aquatic microbiome, there's very little that's actually been studied. And this is one of the things I often talk about in my seminars when anyone that's been to any of my talks knows or has watched the, the upload of, uh, or two of one of my, my, um, my talks is that, you know, it's, it's really an area that has, is very, you know, has a lot of room for growth and product development and, um, you know, just even stuff that can be reapplied to soil, you know, just because it, it is cultured and, and, you know, thriving in an aquatic microbiome doesn't mean that it still won't have a, uh, you know, a very good ability to make certain microbes available in soil, even for a short period, maybe sometimes it's three days, sometimes it's, you know, we'll just adapt and live there. Um, you know, mm -hmm. about 78% of them will live in both environments, you know, given the right humidity levels. So, mm -hmm. um, and that's just what we understand at the moment. And then uh, Dr. Efron was mm -hmm. one of the first people, uh, Dr. Efron and then Dr. Elaine both have discovered uh, mycorrhizal uh, fungi that will actually survive in, in partially aquatic or fully aquatic uh, biomes. So it's it's really interesting that, uh, you know, we, we know so little about the aquatic stuff, but uh, that's why it's, you know, stuff like um, the, the stuff that you guys have, you know, coming from an aquatic environment really gives you a, a, an array of microbes that you're not going to get in a powdered mixture or, or in something that, you know, that's, you know, in a, in a stabilized spore form. You know, that's one of our, you know, look, I, mm. I don't, I don't fashion myself a, a scientist. I'm a, I'm an old school grower, right? That's, that's where I come from. And, and, and um, you know, that's when I, when I, when I, when I'm talking to people at tr different trade shows and, and, you know, they, I tell them the beauty of this thing is, you know, we let mother nature kind of decide for us. We're not made in a, in a, in a vat in a laboratory. Oh, Hey, <laughs> we're not made in a vat in a laboratory. You know, we're, we're made in a greenhouse in, in the belly of a fish. And then we kind of, we have a proprietary process, which is not really all that in depth. You know, we kind of, you know, very simple. We keep things simple and we just let mother nature, you know, we let mother nature take its course and, you know, out there delivering that, that aquapon again, and I'm going to take it from you that, that, that the wonders of aquaponics and delivering <laughs> it to, you know, the, the masses out there. And, you know, it's kind of interesting too. And we, you know, we always, we're always so focused on cannabis, but you know, every, every trade show we do or every event we do, we always have somebody come in from a different world, whether that's helping orchids to bloom or, you know, um, different, different trees or different, different plants, you know, just producing at their best and highest levels. And, and we hear these stories day in and day out. And it's, you know, it's, 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 it's almost a little bit overwhelming at times to, to hear the, the different areas that we're making an impact on. It's, it's, it's kind of hard. It's like drinking from a fire hose at times, right? Like, where do we chase? What do we look at? What, where can we have studies done? So right now, you know, uh, you know, we're out there looking for folks that are using our product and, and looking uh, to, you know, to actually, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll plug us a little bit. We're looking for folks that have taken our product and, 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 and uh, have documented it and, and, or used it and have documentation to show us the values because every single day we're finding a new use for this product and it's kind of exciting mm. super exciting so i know you have some side by sides on your your site i was poking around when i was trying look you know writing questions for the show um what are some of the differences in the results that you're noticing i saw one of them was a drastic difference in thca versus thc which i thought was interesting. pretty cool right 
or after that, especially for making diamonds and stuff. And I thought maybe mm -hmm. you guys want to elaborate more on that. All right. So uh, I'm glad you asked that. I had a great I had a great conversation with um, with the uh, I don't know if you're familiar with the brand Remedy out of um, out of Nevada. Uh, they're actually Silver Sage Wellness. Uh, Saban, uh, Hassan Kalabatri is the head grower. They're a great guy. He and I, um, you know, he started doing some testing for us here in Rhode Island uh, at a company called JBE Industries. And he's, he's since moved to take over, you know, the head growers position here. Um, and uh, some of that documentation comes from him, but today we just got another another uh, batch of documentation that I can send over for you to kind of pour over and dissect. Um, and you know, just from the THC A and THC B, uh, THC A and THC standpoint, you know, you see those increases, and we see that it's happening test over test over test. And now is it, we know what's happening now is to figure out the why, isolate what in our product is doing that. But not only are we, are we seeing increases um, there, but we're also seeing increases um, at close to up to 25% in usable grade A marijuana or grade A cannabis, excuse me, um, in, a, in a, um, a dip in the, you know, the grade B or the LARF and chafe at the bottom. And, it, and it's not just one test done by us. It's test over test over test from facilities in Nevada, Michigan, here on the east coast the um, and, and we have you know we have the data you know to to qualify it saying you know, the, the why what, what what in what in the product is doing it and you know we've done some you know we're in the process of of sifting through that ourselves and we've got some answers coming down the pike uh, also if you look too we also make a, a major increase in terpene production if you look at the if, uh, if i'm if I know what you're looking, if I think I know what you're looking at on the site, you'll see there's a significant increase in terpene production as well. And again, it's a, it's, not we know where it's happening. It's just figuring out the why and getting the science behind it, which our whole 2020 initiative as a company is to figure out the science behind, you know, the results that we're getting, which I guess it should have been the other way around, but I guess we're fortunate to have these, these tests keep occurring for us in the same manner and seeing the same increases. So, um, we're looking forward to to getting a lot of this published. We have a white paper coming out um, on some of what you're asking now. That's going to be out by the end of March. So stay tuned. We'll definitely uh, get that over to you for you to take a peek at. Very cool. I'll have to have you pop back on and, and let it. And yeah, I'd love to. I'd love to. I'd love to. Yeah, that's really cool, especially with the like again the the aquatic food web is is so little research and so much information out there. So little information out there really kind of is the the next area that really needs to be flushed out, especially in regards to agriculture. You know, there's that, you know, look at all the different microbes, you know, mammoth pea and, and your guys' stuff. And uh, there's all different types of aquatic microbes now that are coming out onto the market for, for mm -hmm. terrestrial use. So, um, you know, it really is a, a virgining area. And especially if there's any kids or, or teenagers or, or college kids listening right now, it's a great area of research that you could uh, definitely uh, discover some cool stuff and, and uh, make a name for yourself. So. Absolutely. Definitely. And, you know, you said, uh, you know, you know, from a cannabis growth standpoint, you mentioned a couple other folks, you know, in the space, if you're not using fish yet, you should be using a microbe, right? So if you don't like my product, I encourage you use a micro product, right? Like it's going to help you grow. It definitely is. Um, you know, they're all great, all great folks out there. And it's a great time to be in the space. It really is exciting. You know, every day we learn something new, which is, is kind of cool. Oh yeah. So, so tell us about your aquaponics facility. What, what kind of uh, aquaponics are you using to grow? And then uh, what kind of fish do you have? I'm going to leave that up to David. <laughs> we, we, yeah, we're using, uh, I mean, we use tilapia uh, and uh, just, you know, recirculating aquaculture system. 
Um, it, it's, it's, uh, you know, I, I try to keep it simple. Um, and, uh, you know, uh, that's, that's, about, you know, it's just it's a simple, real simple system uh, that we're, that we're using. It's not, you know, um, you know, again, we fill out a, you know, fill out a greenhouse, you know, and that's, it's not, not taking, you know, a, a, a ton to, to, you know, produce and get some high quality uh, microorganisms out of it. You know, and, and again, I, I apologize for being a little vague, but, but I am, um, you know, this is, this is our business. <laughs> listen, I'm, not, listen. I'm not here to tell everybody else how to go. It's a close book. Like you got more out of me pretty much, you know, than, than, you know, anybody else right now. <laughs> Oh no, it was fine. I, I just wasn't sure you if you're know, doing DWC but, or media beds, or if you, if you don't want to answer that question. Yeah, that's yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I'm no not. I, I think, I think he's, he's he's not asking you to divulge our corporate secrets. No, I think he's but, you, to you talk know, about like how you got into aquaponics, you know, what yeah, you were doing before. You know. Yeah, sure. So so. But the, yeah, so no, what, I, maybe maybe what what other stuff have you grown in aquaponics? Maybe that's a better question. There you go. You, you know, well, you, you know, my my uh the, this is really my first foray into aquaponics. Uh, you know, I mean, I was a, a high school science teacher uh and um, then I I decided I wanted to I, I felt like there was a need uh you know, a market for local uh aquaponics, you know, local tilapia. And just by going to the grocery stores, looking at what they were getting for prices on, you know, uh, fresh tilapia, you know, I thought that, uh, you know, that if you, if you were smart and, and, you know, and, uh, you know, didn't go, I didn't feel like you had to go too high tech to get good, to get good results, good fish, good produce. And you could, you know, compete with, uh, you know, the price points uh, that you need to hit. And, um, you know, uh, so, so when I, I, I left teaching for, for just for a little bit, you know, I tried to get this off the ground and I get, you know, I was still teaching and, and running the facility, uh, before, uh, you know, before the, the fish shit product was developed and, um, you know, it, it, before it was, it is right what it is now. And now it's, you know, able to stand on its own. Um, but I was doing, you know, for the, for, for the majority of the aquaponics, I was doing lettuce, just NFT lettuce, you know, doing the mini head uh, and, and basil and peppermint, uh, you know, and I, and I thought, you know, I don't know, you know, for, for food production, the, you know, the basil was, was one of my no most notable, the difference in the smell from what I was growing to what you could get in the stores and, you know, and, and, you know, even restaurants, like chefs were like, where did you get that basil from? You know, <laughs> they were shocked at how just the, the potency of the, of the odor of it. You know, so that, again, you know, that's what kind of drove me maybe, you know, there's more, you know, in, in the, in the byproduct than the actual, you know, than the aquaponics model. You know. We don't actually grow any vegetables or basil anymore. No, yeah, I'm, I'm now not we doing have, that we right have now. Fish. We have yeah. fish. <laughs> we poop a lot. <laughs> we 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 rescue. I I say we save we saved them. Yeah, you know we we uh you know we uh, rescued all sanctuary. these fish. Yes, it's a fish sanctuary. Come here, you get to you get to to eat poop and 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 screw other fish. So you you know <laughs> you get to make babies. <laughs> I don't know. You can put me in that kind of camp any day of the week. <laughs> yeah. 
Um, so uh, uh, what cultivars, if you're up for discussing, what cultivars are you growing or had a really good success with in aquaponics? Uh, so I, I, you know, I, I'm, I, you know, in my, in my aquaponics in the greenhouse, uh, you know, I, I like, love, a, you know, I love variety. So I do a ton of different stuff and, uh, you know, always trying to find what, what worked for my environment and what didn't, um, you know, some things that I felt like worked really good and I'm really inexperienced in cannabis. So when I started out in this, you know, I, I, I wanted to grow, you know, uh, you know, I was just getting, getting stuff from friends and then I started buying seeds. Uh, but it was, you know, uh, I felt like the sativas did well in my environment versus, uh, you know, some of the heavier indicas because I would run into, you know, more, more mold issues that, you know, for those dense buds, you know, um, but one of my favorites to grow was Acapulco gold. Um, <laughs> you know, and I, and I just had to grow it because, you know, you know, those stems, those seeds that you don't need, Acapulco gold is <laughs> badass weed. You know that. So you know, I had I had to grow Acapulco gold, and uh, it did awesome. It, like I would have plants that had powdery mildew touching my Acapulco golds, and they didn't have powdery mildew. You know, and I think that's you know I, I don't know if that's something other people observe was that you know. It pests and pests and disease were not only strain specific, but strain specific to that particular environment. Um, you know, which I which I found really interesting. You know, but that that you know, um, yeah. So that's really that was my favorite to grow. I um, have a little more to add to that. Uh, you know, but, <laughs> so I was more on the cultivation side. Um, uh, than David and you know I've always had my mainstays I was a big Cindy 99 guy back in the day he grew a lot of White Widow <laughs> um, you know when when it became uh, you know obviously the folks out on the west coast would uh, are going to throw up in the mouth when I say this but you know that blue, uh, green crack and, and blue jean dream as it made its way across the country and like the oh know, I did like blue thousands. you know we were, growing, we were growing a lot for production well when, you know we were growing for production out here. So it wasn't, uh, oh, there's Dave's kids. Hi, Dave's kids. Um, you know, and then obviously as it became more mainstream and, and you started to see more of the geneticists starting to do collaborations, I've, you know, I've grown, um, you know, I've been growing PCAM for a number of years right now. Um, and that's a pretty, pretty East Coast strain. Um, and, you know, I, I, I do a lot of my testing with that. Um, right now I do, I'm pretty partial to uh, Mosca Seed Genetics. I've been working with Rick for a number of years. Um, and, and I play around, play around with his genetics quite a bit, um, just for fun. But, you know, I, I have my go-to strains that if I'm going to test, uh, if I'm going to test fish shit with a different, um, with a different nutrient line, I'm going to do it on PCAM or, or, or Cindy 99. And I know that's, you know, it's, it's a little bit older, but it's what I know. And, you know, if I, you know, I can, I can sense changes, I can see changes, I can feel changes. So when I'm introducing something new or making, you know, or making observations on a nutrient line mix with the product, that's, that's what I run with. Um, but uh, I'm a big fan of growing the chem strains or anything with chem in it. Obviously it's near and dear to the hot coming out of New England. Yeah, and that's that's good advice too for people that are just starting off. You know, pick pick one or two strains if you're not if you haven't grown before, and just get to know those. You know, yeah. go through, grow three, four, or five times, 
you know, you, you'll, you'll know, notice what you do wrong with that cultivar and you'll, you'll improve on it and you'll end up with, with a much better. Yeah. I used uh, to tell people this, I had a hydroponics shop for a little while, uh, a number of years ago. And um, I would tell people like, look, just when you think, you know, the strain, the season's going to change, the water's going to change. Like, you know, there's so many different factors that you don't account for. Right. And if you don't know that strain inside and out, you know, become an expert at one strain before you start changing things and, 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 and tinkering, right. Like really yeah. master it. And then yeah, see, I don't do that. I, I just would, you know, yeah. Yeah. See, we don't leave, we don't listen. We don't, we don't let Dave anywhere near cannabis. We just, I, just, just, five, just take both, Dave. I, I can't take just <laughs> we, one strain. I do the testing, you know. <laughs> it's too much fun. I want to have them all, you know. Yeah, he's a tinkerer. Where I'm more of a, you know, I like all my factors stable. Uh, hey, who joined us? I just realized we have uh, AP Meds. Hi, how are you? I'm good. How are you? I'm well, man. What's your name? <laughs> my name is Marty. Hey, Marty. Pleasure to meet you. I take nice you with AP Meds. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, AP Meds on YouTube, Instagram. Cool, man. Just a home grower, growing some aquaponic weed. Awesome, brother. Awesome. Right. Where are you from? I'm from Southern Oregon, Gold Hill. Cool, man. Awesome. Awesome. Yeah, Mar Marty and I started the show a long time ago because uh, we got sick and tired of people saying that you can't grow good aquaponic weed. And yeah. uh, we got sick and tired of it. And then him and I met arguing over dual root zone pots and then became good friends and started the podcast. So. That's awesome. <laughs> Some of the best relationships are forged, you know, through conflict in the beginning, right? <laughs> yeah. Or, or, and a lot of times I find just people that are willing to discuss things without like throwing up their hands and walking away or pouting open or, mind you know just yeah just like hey mind. you know like let's let's talk about it advantages disadvantages and then everybody knows both right like well, that's how you learn right yeah yeah you gotta that's how you learn you get yeah. better well, well good. Yeah. so maybe you guys can help help tommy and i out so tommy and tommy and i have have an ongoing uh feud of of using microbials in undercurrent versus undercurrent sterile so this it's is not a feud. It's not a feud. And, and look, let me let me weigh a, in on that. Let me weigh in on that. All right. Sorry, yeah, I do. All right. So I ran undercurrent for a number of years. So I've grown in so, all sorts of mediums. I, 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 what I, I would say for the new on let me for the new undercurrent grower in any environment, I would say go with the sterile environment because it's like a race car, right? You add something in there and you don't know how to control it. You're elite, you don't know what you're doing. So Yes, we do go back and forth about this, and I go both sides. Like, it all depends. I have to weigh the expertise level or the, the level of expertise of the, the people I'm talking to, whether they're running a sterile environment versus running, like, something with, like, hypochlorosite, like a UC Roots or uh, uh, one of the other products out there making their own product, right? Some people have a sterile environment, and some people don't. So what are your thoughts on that, <laughs> Dave <laughs> or Steven? <laughs> Oh sure. So, so first off, you should you should run microbes. One, you you can run lower nutrient levels if you're running microbes because they're going to deliver it to the plant at a much more efficient rate. Mm -hmm. And two, if you balance your microbes properly, you're actually going to end up with a healthier immune system and higher terpene levels because you're going to stimulate the immune system of that plant. They're going to produce more terpenes to fend off fungal pathogens. If you get your silica up and you're dosing with labs, you're dosing with IMO, you're dosing with with other good beneficial microbes, mm -hmm. be it your guys' stuff or other stuff, you know, just getting that good level of diversity that's going to take care of a lot of that, you're going to end up, you know, making a much, much healthier, uh, 
plant. Sorry about the horn in the background. No, that's okay. And now I totally agree, but in that statement, there were a couple ifs, right? So David and I have this when we're at different trade shows or different events, you get folks that come in and they're in there three, three or four months, you know, they've just spent X amount of, of thousands, hundreds yeah. of thousands of dollars on putting up a, um, putting up an undercurrent system and they don't know how to grow. And now they're going to introduce our microbes in there. They may not be changing their systems regularly. They may not be monitoring the things or addressing the ifs that you just threw out there. So they don't even really know how to grow. And they're taking, you know, a Ferrari on the racetrack and they don't even know how to drive a Camry, if, if that makes any sense. Right. So the checks oh, yeah, and balances aren't there. They're not doing the things they need to keep those ifs in control. The only thing I would say is I've seen plenty of people crash Camrys. Like, yeah, you're the, right. You're you know, that's the other right. part of it. You know, like you learn the same, whether you crash a Camry or you crash a Ferrari, you still crash. Right. And so like part of me, like I totally get what you're saying, especially starting from complete scratch. Like when you yeah. have nothing, like now I have so many different aquaponics systems with media. that It's so easy to jumpstart a new one with already healthy bacteria that for me, sometimes I forget, you know, like, like maybe starting from, from scratch, you might crash sooner, yeah, but what if me, you just learn sooner. That's my aspect to it. Like you're still going to learn, like, yeah, they might have a problem in the beginning. They'll learn something from it and get better the next time. So kind of like learning to let, dribble a basketball, the sooner you dribble it off your foot, then the faster you're going to learn to not do that. So for me, I, I would say also go with microbials just because that's what I want to learn with. I don't want to, I don't want to start sterile and baby step in. I'm a jump in the pool kind of guy. Like I don't stick my toe in to see how cold it is first. <laughs> and maybe that's a bad idea. I don't know. But on, on another note, you probably shouldn't spend hundreds of thousands of dollars before you know how to grow. Yeah, and that's it's, what we're talking about. Here, yeah. right? We're talking People, about guys that come in and, you know, they're yeah. staking their future on an undercurrent system where they're just putting up, massive systems and they don't really know the variables that they need to control so you know i mean look in, in some of these guys i i it's just they're they're not they don't know the basics so that said take that whole component out of it take the whole microbial component out of it for a very very new undercurrent grower now i grew undercurrent i grew with fish shit in an undercurrent for years but that's that's to say we go back to that whole yeah, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, would, I would disagree analogy. i would you know, disagree you pretty heavily who doesn't know how to drive a camry in a race car your chance of crashing i think is is going to be is greater right where i would uh, much rather see somebody learn to grow in that system with relatively no experience and then later on say, okay, I want to add the bells and whistles because I do think that there is a good chance that you let things get out of control. A lot of guys, they don't change their resume. They're just not diligent in, in proper, they're not, you know, doing, you know, proper procedures in order to run a, a, an undercurrent system, let alone adding bacteria. But your, yeah, your, microbes, I mean, I mean, your microbes are going to help eliminate things like pythium and a lot of other and I agree. fungal I totally agree. They're going to eliminate them completely and people need those training wheels especially until they get used to it, it's much more difficult. You're going to have a lot more issues with the sterile system than you will uh, with a, uh, you know, even if you're a first time grower, I think even seeding it with a small amount of microbes, again, if for no other reason for reduced IPM. You know what? So I agree with the whole Pythium thing. I, I guess it's just, and I don't want to say I'm jaded, but I guess it's from sitting on the other side of the counter as having owned a hydroponic shop and seeing some of the, craziness that i've seen go on right it's more i don't know i get it was my well, mindset there that i didn't want to see anybody get in over their head 
uh, in the and beginning. Get mad at and you. I saw people adding this and adding that. And it's just like, you know, they're taking advice from everybody else and they're not adhering to standard practices that they should be, right? So a lot there's right. too many variables they're not accounting for, not knowing how to run that kind of system. Now, whereas somebody came into my shop and said, look, I want some potted plants. I want some, you know, I want, I want, I want some, so I want a high quality soil and I'm going to grow some, some, some trees in, in these big potted plants. Well, to me, it would be microbes, 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 right? As opposed to, you know, salt, 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 salt. So on the other, on the flip side of that equation, let, let me I am a huge time. advocate for microbes in any you other got, system than the beginner guy who's month one of a DWC, right? So David, I'm going to be careful recommending, you, you know, like, like I'm seeing it. You know, well, they're it, live it, right now, so yeah. it's out there. You wanted to bring oh, yeah. this up. We do this well, like no, that's what I mean, but it's but but like like when people ask you personally, like you don't know their experience level. You, you oh, know, I do. I think it's, it, the thing know, is, like, and, so you 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 chose to bring it up, so like I assess their experience level every time I'm behind the trade show booth or having sat behind well, the counter yeah, behind but, the bonnet shop. So my job is to assess yeah, your you, level of growing and yeah, you, design so you something be, for you to grow. You have to be careful. I understand. You know, it was more just a fun. You know. Like it's 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 fun to talk about because some people you know you don't know, but it's tough in our position, you know. If you if we we're, 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 you know if we recommend something and it crashes their system, you know we're like uh, but it, you know so it puts us in a tough spot, especially you know with with you know like like that's a, you know you 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 know you have because you've been there and um, you know. So it's 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 hard it's hard you know like like if somebody uh, you know doesn't know how to you know make sure that they're in balance when they use the microbes you know they could be in trouble but yeah, I know. would say like starting out I would have to say start with a small system with microbes and learn how to grow and then stay yeah. in love if yeah, that's the, like go. the guy that's already dropped a hundred thousand dollars on his undercurrent system is in trouble regardless like that's kind of the way i look at it yeah like, i agree that motherfucker's crashing into something <laughs> and losing somebody's money some insurance company is about to get fucked by this guy this one girl in oklahoma was out this year they spent two and a half million dollars there and and didn't know they needed to switch the plants to twelve twelve to flower them Wait, wow. that's not the first time I've heard that. I, I, as a matter of fact, not the second or the third in Oklahoma specifically, where people don't, you know, before you know it, they've got, you know, plants that are six, seven feet tall, and they're like, "Geez, where are my buds?" <laughs> we never did that to corn. What the fuck? <laughs> oh yeah, no. This, this, the, I got called out to this place. This, this guy's kid called me because he got into an argument with his dad about it, and his dad was like this ace tomato grower. So he just converted his greenhouse and the plants were like hitting the glass at the top of the greenhouse, <laughs> like growing up against the roof. And he was like, where the hook is my butt? <laughs> Listen, I, I as, as recently as last month, I was in Oklahoma and I've seen plants growing up around lights. The lights are at the, the, the top of where that, you know, top of the mark and you've got plants growing on. I'm like, well, you you probably uh, you probably ventures a little bit too long. <laughs> Time to sell some clones, boys. Time oh, to sell some clones. <laughs> Hopefully, they don't have PM on them down there. <laughs> yeah. Well, Septoria was the one I saw the most in Oklahoma last year for sure. Was really, hey, we were talking about before the show. Yeah, there's a uh, there's a lot of uh, there's a lot of everything going around down there in a year. It's it's 
it's uh there's a lot of uh there's definitely a lot of uh, uh pests and critters everywhere hey, have, you, have you guys thought about recommending uh using a um uh like a like a raw milk solution uh as a foliar oh, yeah. spray have we you guys use, heard about that, that yeah, I, I've, so I've done labs. it not raw milk, so we use labs. So we'll, we'll ferment the lab, we'll introduce like kefir to milk. Uh, we've talked about this before on the show. I actually have some videos on my YouTube channel about it, but it, order some kefir off of Amazon. It'll cost you eight to 14 bucks. Get a couple mm -hmm. of different ones so that you got a nice diversity. Um, and then throw them all in a five gallon bucket with four gallons of milk. If you do five gallons, it'll push the lid off. Um, <laughs> it'll only do four. Uh, and then you can um, brew a big batch of it. it. You know, it'll take the first batch sometimes can take a, a, it depends on temperature. If it's warmer, you know, three days. If it's colder, sometimes it can take, you know, seven to 10 days if it's cool, depending on where you're keeping it. But, you know, try to get it above 70, 70, 75 degrees. It'll go a lot faster um, with a lid, you know, Home Depot bucket with a lid nice and clean and then you'll have five gallons of labs and then we use it at either a one to um a one to six hundred for if i think something's funky with the system if i think maybe it has e coli in it or maybe something's wrong because uh, lactobacillus loves to eat pathogens including e coli um, so you can actually use it to clean a system you know sometimes people get aquaponic systems that will test for soil E. coli, that's not actually pathogenic, um, but it will cause them to fail for say an organic inspection or organic audit. Mm -hmm. um, you can actually use lactobacillus for uh, eliminating that from the system, especially aquaponic systems. Uh, it can be a great way to just guarantee health, especially if you're doing lettuce and leafy greens where you, you do have that off chance of, of transferring stuff. It can be a great way to you know, kind of cover your ass uh, uh, food pathogen wise. Um, uh, and, 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 you know, take care of that, that, that way with a probiotic rather than a, uh, some other form. But with the kefir based, you get a much wider range of uh, vitamin B complex, which is um, uh, helps with improving plant growth speed uh, as well. So it's really, really good stuff for both dumping in your system. Uh, Lact uh, Kentucky State University did a study and they found that it caused uh, plant growth on average to increase by 18% and fish growth to increase by 15% on really? average. Um, so it will also make wow. your fish grow faster. Um, you can pour it right in the fish tank and it doesn't hurt them at all. The, the kefir? Or the, yep. or the, uh, the kefir, kefir water. So what you do is you, you make that the labs and you strain the cheese off. You can feed the cheese to the fish as fish food. They like to eat it. It doesn't hurt them at all. And no, no, you when take you say, that, you when take you say the, labs, it'll have, a, I'm it'll sorry, have a liquid way in the middle um, uh, that's, that's a clearer, it separates the fat and everything. So it'll have this clearer way and then you strain the whey off and then you use the whey and you mix that with water and you pour that in at a one to 600 ratio. So if I had 600 gallons a system, you'd use one gallon to dose it. Or if I was doing it just as a maintenance dose, you do it one to 1000. So I'd pour in one gallon of that for every thousand gallons in a, in a larger commercial system. But if I think, if I suspect a problem, um, then I'll use it at a one to 600. Um, just make sure you don't use it late into flower. Um, sometimes it can cause some problems. Um, if you're, if you're growing cannabis, you know, you don't really want to dose it maybe much past week two. Um, as far as dosing it into the soil layer, uh, uh, you can absolutely use it in the aquaponic system, you know, the, the entire run. Um, there's, there's no issue, but dose it at that one to 1000 and not to the, uh, you know, anything more, 
beyond that. What kind of issues are you seeing when you use it late in cannabis and how late is too late? Um, we've had some, it's just, we've had some nutrient issues really late into flower uh, and it can cause a couple of other things. I'd have to break out my stuff and I'm, it's, no, that's okay. I've had a couple of the drink, uh, so I don't remember off the top of my head, but I remember it does cause some problems. <laughs> There's some other documentation to it as well in soil with it causing issues. Uh, nothing major, just it's, you know, when you're trying to go for perfection, it, it can screw you up a little bit, but yeah. um, it's a great way, especially if you end up with pythium or root rot or fungal issues um, in the system, it can be a great way to eliminate those in the root zone. You know, if you end up with septoria, uh, doing a combination of, of bactillus complex, bactillus subtilis, bactillus pamillus, bactillus entheolensis, and all the others that you can get in kind of like a combo pack. Um, you know, recharge is a good. Yeah, I was just gonna say that sounds like a very similar to recharge. Yep, uh, Scotty's a good friend of mine. Um, I was on. I was one of their first guests on their show actually back in episode forty-one or forty-two. Um, anyways, uh, uh, back when they used to record out of a grow tent in Gilmore. That's funny. Uh, but yeah, so you do a combination of that and then you do, a, you know, maybe two days later you hit it with actinovate and then maybe two days later uh, you do the lactobacillus. Um, we were able to use that combination in a couple of different grows last year uh, that were hemp or, or cannabis and completely eliminate the septoria uh, as a problem. So awesome. again, using those as a combination and just using getting those beneficials in there can really you know work great. Even in NFT systems, we've used lactobacillus and NFT to eliminate pythium uh, and clean the clean the tubes uh, that were you know pl hard plumbed into in place. Uh, it can be a great way to flush them in between runs if you're doing lettuce as well to eliminate that that root fungal issue. Interesting. Wow. Yeah. Now, now, what, what is there uh, in you in the um, in the aquaponics? Uh, how does the do you find uh, uh, mycorrhiza in your in your systems? Like, are they able to you know colonize in there? So we, so all the stuff that I design and, and most of the stuff that I work on, we run a method called dual root zone planting, which I also have information on on my YouTube, um, where we have pots, uh, like either a five or seven gallon pot most of the time, and the top half is soil, uh, and then we have a layer of burlap, and then the bottom half is hydrogen. And this allows us uh, to have a soil layer that can then be amended or, you know, and provide additional supplementation control without affecting the fish at all, especially for things mm -hmm. like potassium can be an issue. Um, and then also an area for the mycorrhizal fungi to provide all of their wonderful uh, benefits, such as increased terpene levels and um, giving that area for all those terrestrial microbes to grow and, and provide all their different processes and synthases and, and, and other, you know, things like that. And what really got us down to that route was um, when I worked at the aquaponics source, we did a bunch of testing with fruit trees. We did blueberries, we did avocado trees, peach trees. Uh, we had dwarf citrus trees, uh, a whole bunch of stuff that we tried to grow in, in aquaponics. And there was a client we were working with in Montana that had a, a greenhouse and he was doing hundreds of fruit trees. 
and we came up with that. And what we realized was the woodier the crop, the more it seems to rely on mycorrhizal fungi for to, to maintain proper production. It mm. means it for the lignin. So there's some kind of chemical process going on with the lignin and everything that seems to really benefit from the mycorrhizae. And then also allowed us to grow things like OSHA root. OSHA root is a very, very peculiar uh, and high dollar herbal plant uh, that's almost exclusively wild harvested. And we were able to figure out how to culture that mycorrhizal fungi that grows on the roots from a small amount of wild stock that we had managed to get a hold of from, from local sources in Colorado and on a, on a stream bed actually that I had collected and just collected the soil right next to the, the stuff that was growing and we used it. And we were actually able to grow that in both media beds and waking beds uh, quite easily. And once we had introduced that, that water loving mycorrhizae um, uh, into, the, into the system. Um, but um, it, yeah, it, it really just as a base rule of thumb, if you're growing an aquaponics, you know, do a dual root zone plant. But if you're doing something like a fruit tree, maybe do uh, like 75% soil with the with the bottom uh, quarter being flood and drain. Uh, and we make sure there's a, a, and normally with the cannabis, we have about an inch, half inch to an inch dry layer between the, the highest point with the flood and then the lowest point for the, uh, yeah, as a moth landed on the microphone. Um, <laughs> Um, there's about a one inch gap between the highest flood layer and the bottom of the soil. And this allows the water to not wick up into the soil. And then we top dress, we have a, a manifold system we use to water everything equally so that we don't overwater too much and can maintain the, the value. But if you're doing dual root zones, you wanna take um, your pot. So we'll say this glass here, the bottom half is uh, your hydrogen. The top half is your soil. You have a layer of burlap that just holds the soil up. You're gonna take your first one, you're gonna water in, we'll say it's um, four uh, eight ounce glasses of water. So we'll say it's 32 ounces of water. You're gonna reduce that amount in half. So you would use uh, you know, two of these eight ounce glasses uh, for your watering to make sure you don't over oversaturate your water. Uh, and how you determine that would be just to water that top layer with a known measuring glass until you reach saturation, which is it drips out the bottom. Um, make sure you do it kind of slowly so you actually get an accurate amount uh, accurate amount on the volume. And then that's how you can tell how much to dose as far as water. Uh, if you're going to dose by hand or if you're doing it mechanically, you know, you can set your, your manifolds up to dose, you know, uh, that amount with your, um, with your, you know, watering system. I'd love to see that live or in person. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's, that's pretty, that sounds pretty, pretty, pretty intense. That, pretty that cool. Root zone. Yeah. It gives yeah. us a lot of control. We, we can adjust the soil microbes. We can adjust the aquatic microbes. It gives us a place for beneficial things. Like we don't really deal with a lot of uh, root pests because we have a, a layer for the beneficial mites and beneficial nematodes to live in the upper part of the root zone. And uh, just kind of provides us with a, a wider range, both the aquatic and terrestrial microbiomes uh, to stimulate the plant's immune system. And we get some ludicrously high terpene levels because of it. I bet you do. Yeah. That's cool. That's really cool. Where are you guys doing that? Uh, There's a whole bunch of places. Um, uh, even uh, uh, Green Relief Incorporated, the biggest company in North America, they they do that Canada, with right? GWC beds. Um, there's a bunch of guys in California that grow that way. There's people in Colorado. There's uh, people all over the country that are doing that. And then also there's a, a group in Jamaica that grows that way. Uh, guys up in Alberta. Um, uh, we're doing, going to be doing it here in Africa. All of our nurseries are going to be greenhouses here, and then some of our seed production, and some of our uh, all of our EU export will be in greenhouses with aquaponics. So, 
Awesome. Good stuff. Hey, so uh, is that, uh, is the, the locust uh, problem down there, is that as bad as they say it is? Is it, is it like truly biblical, like locust uh, hordes, or, or is it a little exaggerated by the time it gets over here? So, sure. So, so we're actually far south of the locust swarms right now. Most of the locust swarms are in Ethiopia and Kenya, which are much, much farther north. Uh, I'm good 900 to 1,000 miles or more north of us. Um, oh, okay. So they're they're quite far away, but yeah, they're they've pretty much decimated the crops in Kenya this year. It's one of the worst years they've ever had. And a lot of what happens is the soil temperature is super important for their uh, hatching. And with global warming, the soil temperature is in that range much more often now. So uh, they need about 35 degrees during the daytime Celsius to or or higher to um, swarm at, at a certain time of year. And this time of year, for whatever reason, the areas that normally are, are kind of balanced out are, are just much hotter than normal. So they're really seeing that bloom take off and they're, they're spraying and spraying and spraying, but they don't seem to be able to get ahead of it. So, but yeah, thankfully it's nowhere near where we are. <laughs> <laughs> so that's, that's like, I'm like, yeah, you know, the locust like cannabis that they could get stoned. <laughs> Oh, they, they definitely do. One of the other things that's interesting out here is we have like fists, like football sized snail, land snails that we have to keep out of, off the plants as well. So really? I haven't dealt with before. Oh yeah, giant African land snails. Oh, that's crazy. I get the little ones, you know, but that must be cool. Yeah, and then we're working on a, on a hemp grow up in the north of the country. We're going to have to deal with hippos and lions and hyenas and all the fun stuff. Like real shit that'll kill you. So that's going to be... <laughs> that's interesting. <laughs> a hippo ransacked my greenhouse. <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, you let the hippo ransack the greenhouse. So you're going to pick a fight with him. Yeah, no, you probably, uh, yeah, they yeah. say the hippo is probably the most dangerous animal on the continent, right? Like... They come oh, from yeah. Here, most animals there. No, that in the buffalo or the, the Cape Buffalo. Zimbabwe, they're actually most countries in Africa. They're number one, but in Zimbabwe, it's actually the crocodiles that get the most. And then the second in the country is lions, and then hippos are third, and then fourth is elephants because there the Zimbabwe is the high, I think the highest population of elephants of any country in Africa. It's like 165,000 elephants. I didn't realize there was that really? many of them. Wow, yeah. Wow. Yeah, yeah, the way crazy. they talk about it, they're like almost extinct, you know. That's that's a lot. Yeah, um, they travel between Botswana and and uh, Mozambique and we're right in the middle. Wow. So yeah, so, so cool. you're telling me that people get attacked by lions? Is that like Oh yeah, actually there's a um, up by Victoria Falls, there's a place that's like right next to the reserve and they had, uh, what was it, like 12 attacks in the last eight months or something like that. So well, once in a while, we encroach like in on the area, right? I yeah, mean, uh, I, if you ever want to watch something cool, read up about the, the man-eaters of Savo uh, up in Kenya. There was a British company that tried to build a, a train line through Kenya uh, for export out to the coast. And they brought in uh, like 300, three or 400 um, uh, uh, workers from India. And the lions, I think, ended up killing 137 workers before they brought in the hunter from England. And oh, this is the movie uh, Ghost in the yeah. Darkness they made out, yep. correct? Yeah, but that, that actually yeah. happened. But but that wasn't in Zimbabwe, but it was north of there. But uh, Probably. yeah, the lions can, once they learn to 
feet on them, especially if they're injured. They don't normally pick on people. Like you can go to mana pools and they'll like walk through your camp in, in the evening or whatever. And uh, it's pretty trippy. But um, yeah, I would imagine. <laughs> yeah. But as long as you're in your tent, they don't really fuck with anybody. So, but if you're ever well, in, in Bob, you, mana, mana pools is the place to go. If you want to see the create, if you want to go camp and have like, you know, hyenas hanging out right outside your, the fire, the fireplace light. Just you know, thirty that's feet away nuts. from you while you're sitting. And in now, Manapools, that's in Zimbabwe. Yep. Yep. Okay. It's in the northern part of the country. All right. All right. But uh, uh, well, it's good, uh, good to know. <laughs> so, what other um, what other challenges or, or things have you guys had to overcome with your aquaponics stuff? Maybe well, some things you learned along the way. As far as the product, or as far as the aquaponics, so I'll speak to the product. Capping was uh, yeah. Capping was uh, was one of our major problems. But yeah, as far as aquaponics, later we have a cap. <laughs> yeah, it, keep keeping keeping the fish warm, you know. Just keep keeping them warm and making you know and making sure there's such a slim margin of error in the you know trying to you know raise a tropical fish in the northeast when when you know it's uh, you know negative ten out, you know, and uh, you your you, your heater breaks, you know. Like if it, it, that, that was the, the most stressful part is, you know, and it still is, you know, you got to stay, you be on top of it. You can't have, you go, you can't have, you, you can't, you know, there's very little margin of error, you know, between this December and, uh, and March. Now, Thanksgiving covered in poop before Thanksgiving dinner when Dave was in Maine. That was a good one. We had a we had a filter that was <laughs> stuck. And, uh, we got the filter we got the filter unstuck at my clothes clothes expense, not having the ability to uh, well go home and change because my mother would have been very mad at me had I uh, had I, had I so I went to uh, Thanksgiving dinner cover. Oh my god, that was a disaster! And then Tom, Tommy's like, Dave, I think there's a he, now now here. How many gins did you have into that already? Well, you so were, I was out with the boys yeah. for uh, Thanksgiving morning, I right? We don't go out to Thanksgiving the night anymore. So I, he called me and I'm like, Dave, I'm out with my friends. I'm going to meet up with my mother i gotta give a so i was a few i was a few uh drinks and a breakfast into it and dave's like i'm in maine something just triggered there's alarms going off you've got to get to the farm now so <laughs> i rushed over to the farm and my sunday's best and uh and uh and that's the way i went to dinner covered in shit there was a fish stuck in the intake yeah well no you thought there was and i'm yeah, like no. Was, okay. no i'm like no there's no fish in the intake so so sure enough after dinner I look and I'm like, you know, I'm looking at the cameras and checking everything. And I'm like, what the frig? The flow had stopped. And I'm like, and so I told my wife, I'm like, I got to go. I got to drive home. She's like, it's they freaking giving, you know? It was in Northern so, Maine. Oh my God. Yeah. So I had three hours down and sure as shit, there was a fish, a fish had gotten through and gotten to the filth, mashed itself in the pipe. And it, you know, so the heater, what you know, with no flow, you got no heat. So it, you know, yeah, that was not a. I was like, God damn it, Tommy was right. It's a freaking fish. <laughs> I was all mashed into the pipe and got sucked in there. Yeah, it was bad. We, uh, first started, we yeah, first. Of, go ahead. We did a bunch of work with heaters with um, recirculating coils from uh, tankless water heaters on thermostats, mm. uh, and that works really good as well, especially for larger larger setups because you can run it through the beds and through the tanks it, yeah we use large pool heaters and, and you know with the with the with those they're they're not they're not made to run 
with with mucky muck in the water. So it's always gunking <laughs> sensors up, and you know, it's like yeah. So it's a, you know, I I haven't had the chance, but I got to really custom build my own heater. That's you know very simple, and uh, you know I also I have a wood stove that I use that's uh, that's got a heat exchanger in it. You know, so that you know that's actually what I started off with when I built my first uh, farm was just a wood stove, and uh, you, you know that's a, <laughs> that was it. Yeah, that, but, um, we did something similar in Colorado, and then we got tired of having to wade through waist deep snow to go refill the pelletizer in the <laughs> yeah, middle exactly. of the exactly. And switched mm -hmm. blizzard. We, had, we, had, no, we had a good no. blizzard that really did us in Dave. Remember the beginning of that blizzard two years ago? We had the we couldn't fit. We were trying to we were trying to get uh, a roof back on the greenhouse oh in the middle God. of this windstorm. The wind picked up uh it, just this uh, one of the folks that was helping us, the wind was so strong, picked her up off the pretty much picked her up off the ground. We had a Kong toy, right? And we're tying a rope through the Kong and we're throwing it over to the green growing it over the greenhouse to try and yeah. get the roof back on the greenhouse. The plastic covered Nor'easter. Like it, it could it was it was oh, just it was, it was 60 hour mile an hour wind that was yeah, that 60 was, mile that was an hour wind so you know you're holding the top of the greenhouse and you know oh i'm up for 200 pounds and i'm like jesus christ dave so we're holding each other down someone's throwing the con we're oh it was great we get a oh, lot of man. fun experience we could we could definitely oh. write a comedy a comedy uh skit about uh some oh, of yeah us. that yeah so, that whole that after that whole that whole win winter till till the till the summer we had a, the, the, the roof had like, like it was ripped off and it was held, held together with, with, a, with, a, with a couple shade covers. The shade covers. Yeah. That's shade covers. Yeah. We got 96 inches of snow up here. It, like <laughs> everybody, crazy. the winter was like January 15. Oh, we're great. There was no snow. We're out of the winter. It was like, it was yeah. it, it, it couldn't have got we got 96 inches of snow from January 15th till the middle of March. Every weekend it was a foot of snow, a foot of snow, a foot of snow, no. a foot of snow. We had so much snow around the greenhouse at one point in time. It was, it was oh. covered. Like 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 that was the year before that, it, it it was completely buried. You couldn't see it. Yeah, you know. <laughs> it was nuts. <laughs> so hey, all learning experiences, right? Oh my god. So so tell us about the East Coast cannabis scene. We we actually mostly have people on from from west of the Mississippi. Uh, just what do you want to know? Uh, so so, uh, so what, you wouldn't what, know that we got started here in Rhode Island in 2007. So I got licensed to uh, I got I became a uh, uh, a caretaker and a patient back in 2007. Um, and you know the 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 scene is very uh, it. I know Rhode Island, you would think that we would be a lot more, you know, farther along down the line, but obviously you guys know how legislation goes from state to state and, you know, the cat and mouse game and it, we've never really gotten out of our own way. Uh, then you take Massachusetts, um, you know, Massachusetts kind of learned from our mistakes all while Maine has done a great job. Maine is doing a real good job up there. They've got a lot of really mature facilities that are a number of years in they've, uh, they have not gotten bogged down in um, in the the legislation and the, the bureaucratic BS that has gone down in here in, in Rhode Island. Um, not I think as many scene, people have their hands out. What's that? Yeah, too many not, too not, many of the politicians have their hand out. But I'll say, you know, obviously we've got a good culture out there from Western Mass, like that Amherst crew kind of really pioneered things for us. 
uh, a long time ago, and, and they very much remained underground. But you know, now that um, you know, now that we are, we're, you know, our heads are above the sand here. There's a lot of good growing going on. There's a lot of quality folks putting a lot of quality, you know, product out, um, and you know, we're right, finally starting to see a lot of these uh, cultivation slash dispensaries come online in Massachusetts and. You know, I, you know, I travel, I'm, I'm all around the country and, and, and I got to say it, not because I'm from here, but you know, the, the guys here and guys and gals here are doing a, a fantastic job of bringing quality, clean products, uh, you know, to the public. What, uh, what are some of the more common strains you're seeing grown? Uh, you know, I, I mean, look, I mean, I can go through the, I can go through all of the, you know, favorite, uh, the favorite strains yeah. from the best breeders that are super popular on instagram right now just run of the mill you got your cakes you know, you know, I, I, I haven't been to a dispensary got, you know. to see what they're selling lately what's that i, I haven't have you been to a uh, you know i haven't been in a dispensary lately i very rarely get into uh the, the 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 front ends but from the back ends you know you've got your mainstays right you've got um, you know, you got your, your folks that have, have brought stuff from, from out West and, you know, some of the older genetics that you, you would just see typically, you know, you got you got a lot of cams, you got a lot of perps, mixture of both. Um, and then you got critical, your, what was you used to run the critical Kush? Oh uh, yeah. I ran critical Kush years and years and years ago. Um, you know, I see, you know, Mosque is doing a great job out here in the Northeast. You see a lot of their stuff. You see a lot of cap stuff. Um, you know, a lot of ethos, a lot of the ethos brands you see. Um, I see Memberberry. Uh, I see Memberberry quite a bit out here, and then and then you've got a, a lot of the folks here that are, you know, um, you know, the amateur geneticists or geneticists that are that are mixing stuff, and stuff will get popular in, in little pockets around here. So, you know, you see a mixture of what's popular around the country, and then uh, you know, with the big names, and then and then also some of the mom and pop stuff folks doing their own stuff. So it's kind of cool. It's a it's a mixture of different things here. Very cool. Yeah. Alrighty. Yep. Was there anything else you guys wanted to uh, uh, talk about? I don't want to keep you the whole day. No, no I, I, just, I just I I can't tell you how much we appreciate uh, yeah. being on here, and uh, we thank you, you know, for your time. I look forward to getting that white paper out so we can give you some of the science behind the the results, and uh, you know, hopefully you'll have us on again someday in the future. Yeah, definitely. Let us know. We'll get you back on when you uh, you're ready to release that. That'd be great. All right. Good luck. Right. Hey, listen, don't uh, don't let any of those stray lions get you, pal. Yeah, watch out for them lions, <laughs> well, man. Yeah. Well, hippos for that matter. <laughs> Why don't you guys tell everybody how to find you and how they can find out more about? So um, uh, you can uh, you can get us at uh, on Instagram at, at Fishhead Farms, uh, or you can get us at www.fishheadfarms.com, or on uh, Facebook at Fish Shit. So uh, you know you can go online. Uh, we have you know free samples if you want to get try a free sample and uh you know we are in most of the shops in most of the areas of this country we recently have just gotten our california um our california label down so we'll be in you know the shops all over california soon i know we're in a number of areas out there california oregon but anywhere pretty much colorado east you can find us in most hydroponic shops yeah we're, we're known as fish it on the west coast California deemed us uh, too vulgar, so yeah. we also are fish it in California and Oregon. Fish it, I take fish, fish it. Looks the same. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you it's same. Everything says is, you know, yeah. I, that's I, I was fi- the the land of uh, the land of porn wasn't okay with with having yeah, that, you know, no. shit on We're our gonna, label. Uh... <laughs> oh, yeah. All right, guys, well, thank just, you very much. Just wait till you try to run a grow in California. You don't even uh, oh man, I see. Oof, I hear things are getting a little tough now there. <laughs> Oh, man.
All right. Well, thanks again for coming on. I really appreciate it. Take All care. right, guys. Thanks All a right. bunch. Thanks. Take it yes, easy. Bye-bye. How you doing over there, Marty? It looks like Marty walked away for a second. We'll, we'll get him to give us a tour when he gets back. Um, I've been working on uh, just getting everything ready. They just changed the rules on us again, actually for the better this time on earlier this week as far as cannabis goes here in Zim. So we'll uh, kind of going through all that and figuring out what that means. Uh, pretty stoked on some of the changes though. Um, I'm pretty happy. And then uh, doing prep work for our hemp project and uh, which is separate from our cannabis stuff. And um, yeah, just, just kind of moving forward on a bunch of different fronts. We've had a lot of good things happen in the last week or two. So, but unfortunately not, uh, not always ones that lead to uh, spending time in the field, but such is life when you're trying to get things going. I say listen didn't catch the whole show. Okay. Um, uh, but yeah, so uh, just mostly doing that and then um, figuring out which cultivars we're going to be growing at the, this hemp grows, looking at soil, soil balances um, and working with Roger at True Aquaponics, working on some cool new stuff uh, for the subscription service. And um, those of you that aren't aware, you can visit trueaquaponics.com. Uh, if you have a commercial aquaponics system, uh, we do have a subscription service where you can sign up and we will test your water and send you custom balanced nutrients to fix your aquaponic or hydroponic system, uh, which really makes life easy for you if you're trying to balance your stuff out. We also will do organic certified systems as well. So uh, whatever your needs are, uh, really helps with uh, fixing those mystery uh, nutrient deficiencies. So yes, the subscription service is up already. You can find out more information at trueaquaponics.com. Somebody asked in chat there. Um, and uh, yeah, hopefully Marty will get back here before too long. But um, other than that, got a chance to go out and see some animals last weekend. That was a lot of fun. I want to see the lions and snakes and tigers and bears and well, maybe not tigers, but everything else. And um, there's a live picture. Here, let me see if I can make it uh, spotlight. There we go. This should be, yes, there we go. So there's a live video stream from Marty's Grow. You can see dual root zone pots draining down to the sump and then the fish tank up on the right. Um, but uh, but yeah, so other than that, just, um, you know, hunting around for, for high quality stuff out here and uh, working on sourcing different things, figuring out what we can and cannot import as far as beneficials, although it doesn't look like they're going to they have too many restrictions of beneficial insects here in Zim. If anyone ever needs working on a project in Africa, I do have a nice little spreadsheet put together on all the beneficial insect suppliers out here and what they carry. And um, yeah, so um, any other questions from chat? Let me see here. Had a, a really great time having those guys from Fish, Fish Shit on. Uh, we've had them, quite a few people request to have them on. It was also cool. We got in a couple of topics. They asked us, you know, we got to talk about labs and a couple of other cool stuff this episode. Um, we'll give Marty another minute or two. Anybody have any other questions in chat? Alrighty. Well, I guess we'll wrap the show up um, since I'm not really sure Marty's going to come back. If he comes back sooner than later, we'll, we'll go live again. Um, we will have another show on Saturday, uh, or I'm sorry, Sunday at uh, the normal time at noon. Uh, I just um, 
with Valentine's Day and everything, I thought it'd be fun to try and hop on here on Thursday and, and do a show at least on the same day as we used to, uh, even though it's not the same time. Have you found any of the amazing strains uh, that are not around in the States? I have found some really cool sativas um, uh, out here. Uh, it's kind of hard to find people that'll let you go see their plants. So uh, that's been a bigger challenge than normal, I guess. Um, <laughs> but uh, we're, we're getting there. I've seen a couple of grows now and uh, uh, definitely have some, some nice seed from some good sativas uh, that we've managed to get from local supply, which is good. And then um, found some, you know, what was really interesting, actually found a really, really stinky old school skunk. Someone had brought some skunk over from back in the day or they have uh, their own skunk cultivar. I'm not sure which, but uh, some of the best skunk I've felt smelled in a long, probably since I was a teenager, just that really stinky roadkill skunk kind of smell. Um, so I'm, I definitely have a few friends back home that definitely are gonna want some of those. So we'll make sure uh, the paper planes find their way. Um, can you pick your brain about earth bag building? I want to build and try to put in an aquaponics system. I'm worried about dealing with humidity. So if you incorporate, so I actually have some some cool plans for uh, an earth bag or earth earthship house. You can absolutely incorporate a greenhouse. You can actually use flowing water from a large aquaponic system built into the home to help with climate control by heating the water with solar water heaters. And you can mitigate the humidity by using um, uh, geothermal. So if you run geothermal loops, those geothermal loops, because it's cooler ground, will really help suck the moisture out. Um, and can help dehumidify the air as well uh, in larger spaces, whether greenhouses or uh, in a, in a you know, earthship type design. Um, Potent Ponics, what's the most interesting expressions you've seen from the same cultivar grown in different climates? Um, just a huge difference in resin. And then also um, purple strains seem to do much better at high altitude. Again, you have a much higher amount of vitamin C. So like Warlock, we grew a, a Warlock strain, which I know a lot of other people have grown. Um, when we grew that in Colorado, and I've posted pictures of this in the past, um, it was almost jet black, like, like pure black, uh, a really, really dark black. Um, and, uh, you know, I have never seen it that black in the West. Excuse <sighs> me. <laughs> In California or Oregon, um, I really do think that, uh, that that super high altitude in Colorado really gave it a, a huge boost to the anthocyanin production with all that extra UV. Uh, I miss the skunk. Takes me back to my childhood. Yeah, me too. <laughs> all righty. Well, um, any other questions? Oh, there's Marty. All right. Marty, do you want to give us a little bit of a tour? We'll get Marty's attention here in a second. But um, any other questions in chat while we're waiting on Marty to come back? Looks like he's uh, going to be here in a second. All right. Well, um, you can find out more about the, the earlier guests at fish, or fishheadfarms.com. You can find out Marty at AP Meds on YouTube, SoundCloud, iTunes. Um, no, he's just on YouTube. Uh, and Patreon. And then you can find out me at Potent Ponics, SoundCloud, iTunes, Instagram, all the things. Um, I was hoping Marty would come back here. We'll give him another minute. 
We're trying to incorporate chicken coop into earth bag buildings so that they can heat. Yes, just make sure you have no air movement between the two because you don't want that dander coming through. All right, well, I'm not sure what Marty's doing. We're going to just wrap up the show because it's getting pretty late. It's almost 1230 here. So I will see you guys again on Sunday. Take it easy. Oh, there's Marty. Hold on. We'll see if Marty comes back. <laughs> He's just fucking with me now, I'm pretty sure. There he is. Marty, do you want to give us a tour or tell us what's up with your grow before we wrap up the show? Marty, are you there? Can you hear me? I guess his mic's not working. Oh, he's jumping to the other one. Hold on. Can you hear me now? Yes, I can. Oh, good. I can hear myself. That's not creepy at all. <laughs> uh, do you want to give us a tour of your grow and tell us what's going on before we wrap up the show? Oh, sure. I just finished uh, reloading everything in here. I had a couple of plants. I had about almost half of them had to be taken out for either underperforming or too many bugs for me to feel like treating or various reasons. So um, I cloned the shit out of the big ones, which I think I took somewhere around like, let's see, I've already done like 120, I don't know, probably 200 clones off of one, two, three, four, five, six plants, more like four plants. Some of them didn't clone too hard. But anyway, so I got a bunch of those and then these are all reloaded with the uh, cuts I took and cleaned up. So these were all dipped and ready to go. Still getting the pots set up here. These will be covered pretty soon. You can see I got some mosquito bits that I'm uh, mixing in there. So everything's looking a lot better in here. Be a lot more balanced this way. Otherwise, the plants that I've replaced by the time they grew back up, the other ones were already so big. It was getting tough to manage. So just had to make the executive decision. And so now these are all relatively the same size. Only, only one big one you can see right over there. And then I have a couple different size pots that I'm trying out with all with the same uh, cut. So we'll see how that goes. These will probably grow for another couple of weeks. And then at uh, some point I'll top each one of them, start getting filled into the net. Some of the net got stretched out, like you can see maybe over there. So I'll have to kind of redo some of that, but uh, so yeah, big fish tank. I haven't added too much to the fish tanks or anything. I did add this safety cable here, it wraps around there, just because it's so much water weight. You can see starting to bow out just a little bit when you're looking down there. So just wanted to reinforce that a little bit. I'm pretty sure one of the supports that I put underneath, I think I told you guys this already, uh, 
slipped out. So these are tied together underneath here with plywood, but I think uh, one of them came loose on this side over here. You can see it bowed a little bit more on that side. So I was just a little worried about it. So I went ahead and reinforced that. And then uh, the I lifted up the um, beds a little bit. All right, so I replaced the, the post down here at this end and reinforce this a little bit in here. And I'll probably add another set of supports right in there just to uh, make sure it doesn't bow at all. It hasn't yet, but just figure might as well since I was resetting everything anyway. So yeah, there we go. I'll have, you can see the different size pots in each bed and some of them are in different places. So kind of trying to test a few different things at once and see what, see what I can figure out. So these here in the front are Thorsberry. Those in the back are Pineapple by Banana Frost, which is the same strains I had in here before. And then uh, we can check out the bedroom. There's not much happening in here yet. You can see us up there. I got my projector screen. Got my clone. There's still a bunch of crap in here. So these are some of those plants that were, uh, I'll probably start echoing in a second. You know. Okay, sorry about that. All right, so here's another, this is a, another Thorsberry here that is gonna be uh, one of the new moms. These are a couple of, these plants were basically dead <laughs> when, uh, when I got them and I've been kind of nursing them back to life. You can see this one's getting so top heavy now it's fallen over. So these are all about to get cloned now that they're, they're nice and clean. Oh, look, you got fly hanging out, so buddy. So these were just covered in spider mites. Steve, these were some of the ones that I had here, um, even during that, uh, during the class <laughs> that we went through that. And we looked at root aphids and spider the mites orphans. and all kinds of stuff on it. Yeah, but, it was funny. I got to his house and this guy shows up with a pickup truck full of plants that were in dire straits. <laughs> yeah, he's like, please help. No, it wasn't all that bad. But they were they were pretty rough, and he was going out of town, so he wasn't going to have a way to really deal with them. And he knew that it, you know if he just left someone to water them while they were gone, that he would <laughs> he would not be uh, doing well uh, by the time he got back. So he he came over, and then um, I got to keep some of them, and he got to take some of them, so it worked out. There's another. This is a one of the cleaner clones that I took, um, or clones that I took. They already cleaned up, and it's going to be a, a mom once I pull. These out. This is the pineapple by Anna Frost, and uh, so yeah, that's kind of kind of what's going on here. I got it. So you can see there's another bed back there and another bed over there that I got to get set up. I got my cloner. It's kind of chilling over there, and then I uh, got my little work area. So just trying to get things slowly built. Pretty soon I'll have. You know, these will be, this will be a bed up here instead of just a, a work area. I'll probably have a tank down underneath instead of just storage. And got to hang a couple more lights and uh, get these cloned and get these out of here. And then I'll have all moms lined up in here and probably another, another tank here next to me on the floor. <laughs> so got, got a ways to go, but uh 
little panda plastic uh, there. So next time we have a, a class here and it's freezing outside, we can come into the bedroom. It's also good for watching movies and stuff while you're working. That's awesome. So, yeah. yeah, you've done a lot of upgrades. Yeah, slowly but surely in my free time. So I got some extra clones over there. Some babies I'm working on. Just got some basements chilling here now. Now that we got all the pretty much everything knocked down, there might be a few little spider mites running around still. So that's what the the lace wings are for. These are just the uh, LED swap out. So that's a, what a T8, I think. A T8 uh, fluorescent light that I just slapped LEDs in. Did you use a uh, Persimilis as well for them? And I got. What's that? Did you use Persimilis with for them as well, or for what? For treating the spider mites. Oh yes, so I used uh, lace wings. Um, I did also use uh, some direct spider mite predators, the triple threat, which included the um, I forget which three they are now, but they're Swarovski the Swarovski and Californicus or Swarovski and Andersonii. Yeah, I'm not sure. Um, so what I did, and actually, that's a. I'm glad you mentioned that. I I'm doing a. I'm filming a series right now. Uh, essentially on how I saved these plants from the brink <laughs> of death. And I did screw up some of them. Um, some of them I treated a little too hard. Uh, you know, like you can even see here, there's little remnants there. So this is why it's important to, to test out what's going on with some of your sprays because you can, can cook them, especially like the enzyme-based spray that has citric acid in it, which is what what I did here. Um, so always make sure, and it's really easy. Like for instance, if I only spray these two right here and I don't spray the rest of the plant, oh, we got spider in I don't spray the rest of the plant, then I'm able to tell right away that that, you know, that spray is what, is what caused it. So <clears throat> just make sure that like, even, even when you're doing it a lot, uh, make sure that you do a test batch. Don't spray all your plants at the same time because everybody fucks up sometimes. So yeah, uh, these I basically sprayed them, cut them all down, and I have a, a series I'm going to put on my Patreon channel, which is basically just how how I save these plants um, and at different stages. So you can see this is the the first one that I did. This one over here is the second one that I did. This last one right here that you can see is just starting to get reestablished. Is the uh, is the last one I did. So <clears throat> just kind of go through those, and that'll be up on my Patreon channel. So if you've got some genetics that you really want to save, which in this case, this plant here is Snowman. Uh, this one here in the middle is Sunset Sherbert, and this one here on the left is uh, Wi-Fi or White Fire OG. <clears throat> And they were all proven cuts of each one of those strains and popular, so he really wanted to keep them. Uh, you know, they'd done really well for him in his outdoor last year, so it, it was worth it for him to put the work in to save it. Um, 
so yeah, that, that'll be fun. I also need to get all this freed up because I got some some new beans coming in from a little friend of the podcast we haven't seen in a little while, but he's working on this new Kush cross that he wanted to, and I was looking for some Indica stuff uh, just to run in my outdoor this year. And uh, so I hit up Mr. Green Jeans. He was nice enough to let me in on a little uh, little project he's been working on. I think it's a, I think he said it's an F2 or an F3. <clears throat> I'll have to look it up. It's supposed to be here today. So I need to make some room in here, cut some clones, get them going. There's actually a couple of these first two already over there in the cloner. Like you can see that really short one right over there on the side. And then these two right in the middle are uh, some of the other clones. So if I can get those rooted and restarted into new moms, and I'll be able to just cut all the clones on these and just keep whatever I get, pull these out, put the new moms in, and then they will all look like this. So these are all dual root zone pots. Got them in there. I still have some fungus gnats I'm dealing with. So that's the other reason that I still am keeping uh, some, some pretty heavy beneficials getting released in here. Um, I don't worry about spraying for fungus gnats too much, pretty much just the, the spider mites. And uh, I haven't had uh, any issues with those in a few days. So obviously um, that was after probably two solid weeks of just like cutting clones, knocking stuff back. <clears throat> and some of these, the, the big fight was the root aphids, which uh, finally the combination of, of uh, nematodes and uh, Bassania bavaria or bavaria Bassania. I always forget which way that goes, uh, botanigard for, for a lot of the people that um, do it. There are a couple other brand names that you can go with for that. You can see my mess of crap here again. But that's what really kind of uh, set it apart <coughs> was uh, that the combination of those two was really what I was what able to get them out of the root balls on some of those, like those over there. And it's really tough um, to be able to do the ones in the aquaponics system, particularly it was, it was hard to get in there. I think because you you know, maybe a little more air in the dual roots on pots uh, will allow them to get it out of that part without being treated. So what I ended up doing was actually making a <clears throat> like a bucket load of solution, whether it was the botanigard or the uh, beneficial nematodes, and I would do a dunk and just the whole root ball would come out of the pot, dunk it in there, let it soak for about 30 seconds, drop it back into it a new pot <clears throat> and then after doing that with each one of them I was finally able to take care of that. So that's where that's where we are now. Pretty soon this you know I got some storage crap hanging out in here too. You can see there's some paint in this old bed and crap over here, but slowly but surely getting this all turned into just nothing but row room on both sides. So pretty exciting. Cool. Why don't you tell everybody how to find you? So I am AP Meds on YouTube and on Instagram and on Patreon. 
So whatever whatever medium you guys choose to consume. Or in the Aquaponic Cannabis Growers group on Facebook, which Steve and I started a while ago. And uh, we've also been working on doing a, um, a more long-term format for the class so that you guys can take it anytime rather than just on a schedule. So we've been working on recording that and getting that in the works so that'll be available in a, in a couple of months. Yeah, a recorded version, you know, which is something that you guys have asked for for quite a while. And uh, I think that we'll, we'll be able to make it work, obviously, you don't have quite the same level of interaction as you get as when you take a class with other people live. Um, you know, you can definitely ask us questions and um, you know all that kind of stuff, but it, it doesn't give you the benefit of other people's perspective. Even when you take the online class, you get to hear their questions and their experiences, and so much comes out of that. Um, so, but I do think that the value of having a recorded version that people can sit down and watch at any time um, it is gonna be you know, hugely beneficial as well. So we're just always trying to create new ways to reach the people that can consume the media that we already create. So I think it's gonna be fun. Yeah, and uh, so that'll be available here in, in a couple, probably, hopefully by 420 if we can pull it off, but we may or may not be able to hit the goal. Um, and then I've been working on my book, uh, getting that uh, pretty far along. I got our illustrator lined up. He's a super cool guy. Uh, he's gonna be illustrating the different diagrams and some other cool stuff for the book. So that's all been going good. Got a lot of free time in the evenings uh, to work on that. So uh, we'll have that, hopefully, I'm hoping to have that ready for July or August uh, of this year and really help uh, get everybody on the right track with aquaponics because uh, there's a lot of Marty and I definitely talk about right there's a lot of comedic stuff going on in the aquaponic cannabis world right now and uh, it's going to be entertaining to, to see what happens with some of the different stuff on social media but um, it's going to be fun and uh, I, you know I really look forward to getting this book launched and um, um, you can find out more about it it's aquaponacea uh, will be the name of the book and we'll have that I'll have that out later this year so um, Thanks a lot, everybody, for watching. Uh, I know our episodes aren't quite as long as they used to be, but uh, you know, it's just uh, it is what it is when it's when you're on the other side of the world trying to make this work as close as I can to the old schedule. So, <laughs> um, thanks for watching. You find out the podcast in audio or video format at um, Potent Ponics on YouTube, SoundCloud, iTunes. I love. Uh, iHeartRadio, all the different places that we host the podcast. Thanks for listening and we'll see you, and thanks for Fish Shit for joining us this week and uh, we'll be back again on Sunday. Uh, hope, well, you know what? We're going to see if, if we can make it work. We're going to have a, a cool guest nonetheless, but uh, I think one that a lot of breeders are really going to want to be interested in. So cheers. <laughs>